Listen, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I just want to say Dracaris, 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 and just go through and do just what the Mad Queen did to Westeros, burn it to the ground. Welcome back to Poor Life Decision. I'm Chris. I'm Doyen, a.k.a. Morehouse Class of 2019. Okay, that is all <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> I, I meant to say I'm Chris, the My Little Pony, because I'm not quite a stallion yet, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm working on it. But also, yes, I wish... We'll get we'll get some more house. We'll get some yeah. more house. Oh my yeah. goodness! <laughs> so Doyen, how are things going with you? What are you drinking? Um, things are going well. Um, honestly, I don't remember what I've done in the past week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I forget too. I said together. I was gonna. I said I was gonna start like making notes of what I do. <laughs> yeah, so I don't forget. It wasn't important, but um. So what I'm drinking, but I'm really excited about it. So I did go to like Trader Joe's yesterday and there's this like big container of basil. And I was like, ooh, I'm gonna make basil simple syrup. So today I have a cucumber basil gin and tonic. So I basically made the simple syrup and then I kind of muddled my cucumber, but it's still in the drink. So I kind of like chew on the pieces as they come. Um, <laughs> but it's really tasty and refreshing. So how do you make the basil simple syrup? So it's really cool. Basically, anytime you want to make simple syrup, get a cup of sugar, get a cup of water, and then put the leaves that you want in it or like the herbs. So this time I did basil. Before that, I've done mint. And before that, I've done jalapeno. You let it all boil. And then you take it off the stove and let it sit like 20, 30 minutes. So it gets all good. And then you strain it into your container and that's it. So can what if I already have the simple syrup, then I can just use that instead of sugar and water and just boil it? Or should I no. do sugar and water? Sugar and water. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try that. Because the drink you know, the drink that uh that that I forget their names that they made for us. Mm -hmm. required i think it was a lavender simple syrup it was something that i was like dude i don't know how to make this but <laughs> i'm i'm gonna try it now yeah i'm gonna try it it's pretty fun i have a lot of simple syrup at home <laughs> but <laughs> okay i think it's really for refreshing and maybe a lot of gin <laughs> <laughs> so nothing exciting happened this week what about this weekend um so I had to watch the ending of Big Bang Theory. So I know that's like a I <laughs> haven't watched it. So it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I was a little bit emotional about the fact that the show ended. Which is why I, was, I haven't watched it. And I was like, well, I hope... At the time, I was like, I hope my Game of Thrones friends get all they want in the ending. Only to find out... <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about that too. <laughs> yeah. But um so basically CBS like forced me to pay for CBS All Access because I couldn't find the last episode anywhere. 
Um, so then I got into uh, The Good Fight, which is kind of a spinoff of The Good Wife. And I've tried to watch it before, but I was trying to watch it on um, <clears throat> The Fire Stick. And, you know, <laughs> the struggle was real. So <laughs> now I'm watching it on a legit platform. <laughs> and it's just interesting. Like, I think there are some things that I see differently because this is the second time I'm watching it. But it's really interesting because... The Good Wife was about this like all white um, firm, and they've kind of switched to one of the name partners now works at an all black firm. <laughs> it's really oh. yeah, it's interesting. Like I think they're trying to have this neat race dynamic, but it still feels like white people writing about black people oh, sometimes. I hate that. But um, there's some really great people in it. I like it. Okay. All right, sounds good. Well, my week was pretty une- uneventful as well. <laughs> um, I will say that there was a situation without <laughs> without giving too much into what I do. There was a situation where there was some weed involved, <laughs> and <laughs> I really <sighs> okay. So. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to explain it mm-hmm. without, you know, giving too much away. But let's just say there was weed. I smelled it. It smelled good to be like Mississippi weed, which it may have not been Mississippi weed. <laughs> um, but considering who it came from, it probably was. And I was not able to exit with the weed in my purse. But I guarantee you, I sat in that office thinking long and hard. How can I get this weed <laughs> off of this table and into my purse without anyone noticing? But it didn't. It didn't happen. So that was the most eventful thing for me. This weekend was pretty much blah. It rained, which is always a good excuse to stay in the house. Although I did do, I did do a little visiting with some cousins, but that's about it. I am drinking. Okay, so let me tell you. I wanted to. I think before I've had the effing vodka, the cucumber. I wanted some more of that because it is very refreshing, like the drink you have tonight. It's something about that cucumber just makes me feel like, oh, it's summertime. So I went to the liquor store that's closest to my house. And, you know, it's um, it's a bit of a... Anyway, so... <laughs> Oh, was that the ghetto liquor store? <laughs> well, no, it's it's not the ghetto liquor store that I stop at sometimes, but it's not the high class liquor store that I go to sometimes. So it's like firmly in the middle. So I go in and they don't have the cucumber. And I asked the lady at the counter because they have like all these different kinds of effing. And I said, hey, do you have the cucumber? And she's like, oh, no, that one doesn't really sell well for us. But, you know, you come in here often enough. I'll order it for you. I hate when they do that shit. Don't make it seem like I come in here every day buying liquor, bitch. Like, I hate when they do that shit. And I I just looked at her and I was like, no, it's not that big of a deal. She's like, oh, but I'll do it for you. Like, no, bitch, I'm not your number one customer. Like, I, I hate when they do that 
shit. I'm like, you ain't never seen me before. What are you talking about? And it's like, I strategically go to like three or four different liquor stores. I alternate just to keep this sort of thing from happening. But yet it still happens. So anyway, I ended up grabbing, and I don't even know why I got vodka still because I'm not a huge vodka drinker, but I got some absolute Mandarin because I felt like what is going to be closest to a summertime vibe. And so I got the Mandarin and I'm just put a splash of Sprite in it. And there we go. So real simple. But I just had to share my (laughs) embarrassing liquor store story because it pissed me off. Yeah, I'm like, there's this black guy that used to be like an assistant manager. He always speaking to me when I walk in. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> I don't come in here enough. Right. This is annoying. <laughs> right, I do too. <laughs> no, there's one time, like, you know how your phone like automatically tells you like how how much traffic somewhere. Yeah. One day I hopped in my car. I was like two minutes to the liquor store i'm like fuck you oh my god (laughs) first of all (laughs) i would have been so i can't even name the emotions i would have been pissed i would have been embarrassed i would have cussed that phone out oh my god i cannot believe that but to be fair i was like podcast reporting night so it knows my heart (laughs) (laughs) yeah like when my phone tells me which i i turned it off i turned the Walgreens notifications off. I have an affinity for Walgreens. People who know me know I live in Walgreens. I'm driving one day and my phone literally tells me there's a Walgreens coming up, such and such a head. I was like, bitch, you don't know my life. <laughs> but apparently she does. So I turned it off because it was too it was just too much. It cracks me up because anywhere I am in the Metroplex is like this long till you can get home. I'm like you know what? You know me. <laughs> you know where my heart is. <laughs> you know where I try to go. <laughs> Our damn FBI director. What was that director? <laughs> oh, those Anyways. Mm, love them. Okay. So I'm moving along to our current events. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Why do you take a deep breath? <laughs> these first two topics. I said I didn't want to talk about them. No mo. The only way you could have made this worse was if you added Kodak Black into it. Listen, it just wasn't a lot to add, and I was like fishing for things because I didn't want to do one of them either. Like one of them, I really didn't want to do, but it was like I didn't know what else to add for this week. Sorry. So you could have added things. Oh my bad. <laughs> so to start, um, first of all. I know I be screenshotting like my relationship messages, but we're actually funny and cute. And this one was kind of boring. But <laughs> I mean, it was so impersonal. Right. I was like, okay. I don't know. It was probably while he was also working on his sermon and whatever cult thing mm. he was working on. But mm. basically, um, Kanye West, Shmanye West, um, texts his wife a picture of their kid which that's your kid uh it said beautiful mother's day with the arrival of our fourth child we are blessed beyond measure we have everything we need not happy mother's day but just beautiful mother's day um and so (laughs) she i guess tweet tweeted that somewhere and then we got the name of 
their latest child. And so I'm like, you know, honestly, as I survey all of these children's names, I think they did good for the first two, and the last two, they just... Mm. But this... Go ahead and talk. I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm doing my my my. Name Catholic. Oh. Um, <laughs> this uh, dear sweet child is called Psalm Psalm West. And the funny thing about it is, my boyfriend was telling me this, but I thought he said song because I can't hear. Yeah. And then I saw it, and I was like, "What the fuck." <laughs> so I you know what I re- I'm the type of person I really don't care what people name their kids mm-hmm. and I don't have a problem with Psalm West it's just that I don't know it feels like you're setting your kids up when you name them things like Saint and Psalm mm-hmm. I, I don't dislike the name or a Christian Because, you know, that kid is named Christian, but he a hoe. And you're like... (laughs) (laughs) Dear mother. (laughs) I I can't... I can't... I cannot get it together. I can't You know a hoe named Christian, huh? <laughs> I wish y'all could see how red and I'm hot. Like it's so hot. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um <laughs> I feel like that guy in that meme where he's like mm. <laughs> Okay. So anyway, I guess all I wanna say is they had another kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I am so hot. <laughs> I feel like Psalm just ties into the theme of his weird church cult thing that's happening right now. Right. Like I like I like North. Mm-hmm. And I like and honestly, I like Chicago. I wasn't surprised by Chicago. Mm-hmm. Psalm, I was a little surprised. It was it was a little bit. But you know, but whatever. Their kids are adorable. Yeah. They are cute. North is like my best friend in my head. She, I, and I love, <laughs> I love all the pictures you see of her and Penelope together because Penelope always looks confused and North always looks like, girl, I don't have time for your shit. <laughs> like, I love. And I love that they are best friends because I'm best friends with my cousins. And so I don't have time for your shit. It's me. <laughs> that is. Tough. I cannot tell you how many times Doyen gives me the I don't have time for your shit. Look, the an uh, uh, emoji. But you saw like, my baby picture I posted and I'm like, I had that exact same face. Twin. <laughs> 29 years later. <laughs> my, I have on my work email, my profile pic is my mm-hmm. ABC123 picture. And I still look like that. 
I like I look very confused and I'm not sure what's taking place or what I'm supposed to be doing right now. <laughs> and that is still pretty much my constant look. <laughs> this is but anyway, yeah, me and my looks are shape. But um, <laughs> congratulations to yeah. Song. Congrats. And- Congrats. Yeah. We're happy. We're happy Don't that they made have- me talk about him again. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> We did but so we good. do but we love the kids i mean i do yeah. love their kids they're awesome no did you say north she did well i mean her and kim but she says that north directed their lead they did a little video to old town road no oh it was so cute north is north is the example and and granted let me say this because i know people have their opinions Yes, there are a lot of things that I probably would do differently, mm-hmm. but still, North is an example of what a child can be when you just let them go and let them flourish and just let them be. I think that as a community, we, I think we're doing so much better now of letting our kids be, mm-hmm. just let them be. And that's, that's what North is. She just, in her mind, she can do all. And she can accomplish all, and I love that. That's good. <laughs> okay. I wasn't trying to be shady. I was just affirming you. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone. Anyways, um, so moving on to the next one. I'm I'm so fucking sick and tired of Gucci. Like, oh. I'm just I'm tired. There's. I'm like. I'm on like my fifth boycott of them. I don't buy their shit anyways. But <laughs> so now they came up. It's actually, it's actually kind of weird because it's they. I guess they did it last year, but they're selling this indie turban for eight hundred dollars, and it's basically, you know, trying to have a fake Sikh turban. Um, when I was in India, I actually got to, we got to meet with. I don't remember. He was like a higher up guy, maybe a diplomat or something, but he'll see. And we got to kind of talk about just like the whole like notion of Sikhism. They're really, really like strong beings in like the community. They have all these soup kitchens and stuff like that. So I've always had like a soft place in my heart for Sikh people. And then of course, like in America, people who don't fucking like read or know anything go and they kill Sikh people because they think they're terrorists because they're wearing a turban. So I've already had like a chip on my shoulder about Sikh people in America. And then these motherfuckers go out and try to sell these $800 turbans. And it's like, again, where, please show me your like diversity officer. Please show me the room that is making these decisions that makes you feel like it's okay to sell these turbans. I just wish people would let Gucci go. Let it go. Because, like you said, the turbans debuted last year during a runway show. Mm -hmm. And they got so much pushback. This is before they ever went on sale for being in the runway show. They got so much pushback but they still turned around and sold them mm-hmm. after you knew what was going to happen because people told you like, no, this is not cool. This has a spiritual meaning. It is not 
fashion. It is not yeah. cute. It has a purpose. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know what? We want to make some money, so we're going to sell them. Right. And I'm just sick of Gucci. I'm just sick of them. And it does, <clears throat> in a way, present uh, some conflict for me. Only because, not because I buy Gucci, because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a supporter of Dapper Dan. And I feel like, so, those of you who know the story of Dapper Dan, he was this huge trendsetter, or is a huge trendsetter, but for so long, he was, basically brands like Gucci stole from him for so long, and then they finally put him on, they finally give him a position, he finally has his own line within Gucci, and what that means to the community, I want to support that, I want to be happy for him, but it's so hard when Gucci keeps fucking up. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. Like a lot of we, a lot of uh, black celebrities wore Dapper Dan to the most recent Met Gala, and even though I'm still kind of like on a Gucci eh phase, mm-hmm. I was okay with them wearing Dapper Dan. But now mm-hmm. I just I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. Um, unfortunately, um, I mean, to some extent, we still have a lot of disposable income. And I think if all of us would get on one accord and stop buying their shit, they would feel it. But, um, there's some of us that are still napping and still wearing that belt to brunch on the wreck. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's just like, literally, I don't understand why, why they can't get right and do right but on the bright side our bright and morning star (laughs) (laughs) okay auntie oprah uh, yes she donated half a million dollars to a new jersey high school for its lights on program so basically what they did was they kind of create a place for kids to hang out on i think friday nights right um yeah so that they don't go out and do other things that are dangerous or be in danger in general since you know it's just dangerous to walk around real black so um she surprised like akbar cook um the principal and 400 students by saying that she's gonna fund it all the way through the summer um a lot of times like schools hold their kids down to some extent during the school year but then the summer it's just like what are we gonna do you know like there's a lot of like even academically there's kind of you know like a regression because there's nothing happening for them in the school um in the summer so she decided to fund it and it's really funny because she gave him a shop right gift card i don't even know what that is and then, and then she had a pizza party with her own pizza. <laughs> like these kids want real ooey gooey pizza, and like these kids do not want she pizza want with cauliflower pizzas. crust. I was like, "Come on, Oprah! Oprah gonna make the kids eat clean." <laughs> she said, "You gonna get this? Oh, that's good pizza." I was like, "Oprah!" <laughs> I just thought that it was a. Uh, 
a wonderful thing for her to donate because like you said, the funds that schools receive are barely enough to keep day-to-day operations going. When schools take on extra projects like this, it's usually largely done by donations. Mm-hmm. Even the adults who are there, they're there on their own time. You know, they're not being paid to be there. And so it was really it, it was really great for me to see someone come in and recognize that this is a good thing. And the principal even said, like, uh, attendance just during the week, attendance is up. Mm-hmm. He talked about how he had not, well, this may have not been the principal, this may have been another teacher who said that since they started doing this program, they had not lost a student to street violence. Whereas Mm. one of the volunteers who comes back is a graduate of the school, and I don't want to lie, I think she graduated maybe in 2008, I can't remember, but she just said if only they had this when she was in school, maybe they wouldn't have lost so many classmates. And she was just saying how she dreads the... um her class reunion because they're going to be so many of their classmates that are going to be gone and they lost them during the year during you know when they were in school so it's just really good to see everybody coming together and doing what's best for kids that's amazing yeah and in addition the principal uh i guess had gone viral because he actually created a laundry room at his school for kids um they're missing school just because they're being bullied for wearing dirty clothes and I thought that was super sweet. And I would have been like, yeah. thanks. Throw that whole laundry in there. <laughs> what I, and what I really liked about the way he did it, because a lot of schools, a lot of schools actually do something kind of like that. Mm-hmm. But the way he did it was he had several machines and they teach the kids how to do their own laundry. And you come in, it's not like, because I know that a school where I live you kind of bring your clothes and you can discreetly give it to the teacher and then they pass it on, like, which is great. It's still great. Yeah. But he's teaching them life skills that they need to know. Mm-hmm. So you come in and they teach you how to do your own laundry. And it's like a little laundromat. You come in and do it yourself and, you know, go. So, and that was another thing that contributed to daily attendance being on the up. Yeah. It's just good. It's good. Yeah, I mean, I understand that, like, to some extent, like, a lot of people expect as a teacher to just show up and teach, and nowadays, just the way the world is, and especially in the low-income areas where the parents are really just trying to keep a roof over their kid's head, they had to do so much more, but I love that he, like, sees a need, and, like, seeks to meet it, and it does produce results, and it shows over and over again that we don't need you know school choice and all that we just need people who pay attention and respond to needs of their community yes because i am not going to get on my soapbox i will not i will not (laughs) but but surely (laughs) but school choice is not a choice and also to one thing i really like about this story what i hope it does for others is to Mm -hmm. make them look into what their neighborhood schools are doing Mm -hmm. because a lot of schools are picking up the needs and it's very difficult for them to do so and they're very limited in what they can do due Mm. to funds or even just boots on the ground people volunteering so i'm hoping what this does is encourages everyone to look into what your local schools are doing and seeing how you can help because so many schools are working really hard to meet the needs of kids 
outside of school. So look into what's going on around you and see how you can help. Gotcha. <laughs> where, where did I get that from? Oh, that's Reading Rainbow. <laughs> um, so, um, I'm not doing this with you. Um, billionaire Robert F. Smith was speaking at Morehouse and in front of the 400, nearly 400 graduating seniors, he said that he was setting up um, basically a fund, a grant, I don't know, to pay off all of the graduate student loans. Look at God. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was like, it's going to be like estimated at $40 million, which again is always chump change two billionaires but the fact that like that's yet another place that we as black people start off behind so yes we usually don't have you know like our parents haven't been saving to pay us for us for our college um or they couldn't yeah yeah i mean they couldn't and you know we didn't get the scholarships we need and so a lot of times we start behind because again wealth is assets minus debt so if you start off with a lot of debt your wealth is already in the negative (laughs) before you can even build the assets and so i just think it's so amazing to think about this is another way where we can turn around generational wealth um i have a friend who is trying to uh she's coming up with this like kind of summer camp education type things for like high school students because she's looked at like the numbers and like there's research out there that says that like if we keep going the way we're going we will be at like on average zero percent debt in like 20 30 years as a race i mean not zero percent debt but zero percent wealth <laughs> and so like i think about this more and more and i'm just like like how amazing is that that they don't even have to worry about that they can and he you know of course gives them the challenge to pay it forward so it's like you don't have to worry about that what can you do to help your community to help others that look like you right i because you when you mentioned the 40 million dollars just that's just one graduating class Mm -hmm. at one school Mm -hmm. that's a problem Mm -hmm. that's a problem and one thing i really love about this is that he shows it's just a prime example of how important historically black institutions are to our community to our culture he is not a graduate of hbcu he has an honorary degree from Mm -hmm. morehouse but other than that he's not a graduate of an hbcu but he recognizes how important these institutions are and how ingrained they are to our culture and our community and so he's giving back and paying forward and i love it i think my favorite meme I think I've seen it in several places, but I think you sent it to what's the Rachel Dola song? Like, I too. Right. <laughs> because that's definitely how I feel. I'm like, uh, I graduated from Morehouse right. in 2019. I'm a girl, but it don't matter. Yeah, it don't matter. It don't matter. 
I got it from Morehouse, 2019. <laughs> um, yeah, so I love that he did charge them. He said, I'm putting some fuel into your bus. I'm counting on you to load up that bus. So the money that you would have been spending, like, please calculate what your student loan payment would have been and know that, like, you could spend that in another way. I mean, I am not going to... (laughs) (laughs) Not all of it. You can spend so much. Spend $200. Listen, all I'm going to say, all I'm going to say is pay it forward. (laughs) Pay it forward. And give back to your community, put back into your community, and I, I'm gonna leave it at that because that is important. And I love, I love that he gave the charge to to other alumni and to other, and he was very specific. He was like, "This one is my class." To me, that signified, okay, yeah. so now somebody needs to get the next class. Right. I'm like, like he can't keep I love coming that. back and paying that. He can pay mine, but you don't have to keep I mean, coming back and paying. I mean, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> equal opportunity. <laughs> but anyway, that was just wonderful to see, and to see how all those students <laughs> to see the little portion of the speech, and then everyone's already kind of cheering for him, or whatever, and applauding. And then when he gets to that part, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> right they should have had the praise dancing music <laughs> okay okay but uh it's so funny because some other people were like all right just black people we just we are like the most self-regulating people i've ever met in my life so somebody was like what about the people who graduated this summer he should pay those off too i'm like listen <laughs> and I spend that man money. Listen, right? I'm like, don't tell him. Don't be worried me. about these. Don't worry about somebody else's blessings, okay? Right. <laughs> Take that up with your Lord and Jesus. Congratulations to the grads. Can I hold twenty dollars? I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, I want. I do want to give them. <laughs> we are happy for those grads. <laughs> Pay it forward. <laughs> forward to me. <laughs> me. Me. I am forward. <laughs> forward is me <laughs> oh lord oh i didn't mean to laugh that hard like you said congratulations hope you do right. some great things right try not to be a more house man all your life <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> okay so moving along to our someone something we're gonna talk about these two wonderful high school young ladies For the first time in Junction City High School's history, two black girls are graduating at the top of their class as valedictorian and salutatorian. And they are valedictorian Alexis Peterson and salutatorian Takitra Rogers. And let me give them a round of applause. Black girl magic. Black girl magic, okay? Rogers was a top cheerleader and basketball player. The outlet reports that she was named All-Conference and Player of the Year in basketball and to the All-State cheer team two times in a row. Peterson was also a member of the cheerleading squad and spent time outside of school involved in church and community-focused activities. Yes, Listen, these girls we're not only doing it in the classroom, but doing it in extracurricular activities as well, which mm-hmm. let's just be honest. Most of the time, that's what we have to do. Like we don't, 
it's just so amazing because like when we when we accomplish we accomplish like we shine shine yes like it's 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 rarely a oh we did this one great thing no hun these are well-rounded students so rogers will head to louisiana tech in the fall while peterson is planning to attend northwestern state they credit their success to the support of god their parents and their community and god i like that they started with god (laughs) and ended it with god see i was gonna skip that because i took it as a typo but you're right you're right we're gonna book in this we're gonna book in it we got god some other stuff in the middle and god again (laughs) you're right as my granny would say they got some sense okay And the advice they give to their peers is to never try to change yourself and just always try to be a better you. I am so happy. And and at the same time, you know, it's 2019. This is the first time this school has had black students to be salutatorian and valedictorian. And in my Beyonce voice, ain't that bad a bitch? <laughs> and let me just say that I have dealt with schools enough to know that this is not always because you didn't have someone who scored the highest and scored the second highest to be valedictorian and salutatorian. Shady shit happens mm-hmm. all the time. So I'm thankful that these girls are out there and shining. And we just wanted to give them a little light on our show because they're amazing. So give them a round of applause. <laughs> Hex, we love you guys. <laughs> we love you guys. And remember, so you remember Zoyan like around this time of the year on, <laughs> on the news, they would do that segment, you're the best of the class. <laughs> do you remember that? Oh, you, you go to local news. <laughs> I know, like, but you should know it. I, wait, are you drinking a totally different drink now? Because <laughs> when I started to drink, I was like, this tastes too good. I'm going to go through it too fast. So I have rosé on deck. I'm like, wait, is that a total different drink? Anyway, Y'all, uh... this, is, this, is why, this is why the show is so coherent in the beginning. And then as we move along, we're just all shits and giggles. It's just... I was like, wait, is that a different... That's a totally oh, yeah. different color. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Okay, so. But they're the best of this <laughs> But do you remember that segment? Yes. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to be sure you remembered it because it was my favorite. Um, okay. And I was upset that I did not get featured. <laughs> Listen, like, I'm like, if I didn't go to MSMS, I would have, like, been valedictorian of my school <laughs> well i'm i'm glad you feel that way <laughs> in all honesty i probably wouldn't have anyway because ninth grade like once they i think ninth grade was when they started telling us our ranking mm-hmm. i was number three all the way through until my senior year and everyone else took bullshit classes and me no i'm gonna take 
I'm going to take AP English, I'm going to take AP Calculus, and I'm going to take AP History. Mm, AP, well, at this point, well, no, even like at MSMS, we had like university, like dual credit classes, so I prefer that over AP, because you got to take a test for AP. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I and, and you know what? I wish I had known better, mm-hmm. but I let my school counselor mm-hmm. talk me into the AP classes. I, I didn't I didn't realize a school counselor <laughs> because you're smart. And the thing is, I come from a family of educators. Mm-hmm. I have a school counselor, several school counselors in my family, and I could have just talked to them about it, but yeah. I was like, "No, she she wants what's best for me." This white lady wants what's best for me. She she doesn't <laughs> care about making the numbers in a class. Right. She thinks this is a good idea for me. Which, I mean, and I did end up getting the college credit for those classes, but not yes. because not because of the AP test, because I didn't take the AP test. I mm. was I <laughs> I didn't want to pay for it. I I didn't want to pay for it. But I ended up doing, you know, when you go to orientation and you take the the test to comp out of a class so i was able Mm -hmm. to do that for those classes but still i just yeah i wish i had known i wish i had known better i also wish i had known to take bullshit classes so that i don't slide from being number three down to number eight which Mm -hmm. i mean i was still in the front row i was still an undergrad i was still all this other stuff but I sat there the whole time like this because <laughs> cause it was bullshit because yeah. like you literally took like home ec or you took you took like um we had a uh floral shop at our school you literally took floral shop and you could order from the floral shop mm-hmm. so like your classwork was just getting out orders yeah so you literally you know but it's all good. But I'm glad I'm, I listen, I'm not complaining because let me tell you something. People have things to say about their hometown schools, about public schools. I come from a public school and I was more than prepared for college. I remember getting in some of my intro classes and I was thinking, that's it? <laughs> that, like I, several of my high school classes and my high school teachers were much tougher than what I had in college. So I ain't complaining. Anyway, I digress. On to the next. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I will just say this one last thing. Yeah. So in college, I definitely had an Excel sheet of the classes I needed to take and graduate at a certain time. So literally, I would just go to my counselor, like, please sign this. I'll figure this out by myself. Oh, my God. I never, counselors weren't there for me to counsel nothing. I'll figure it out. I know what classes I, you know, how many credits I need to graduate, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I, you know, and that was, that was my approach too, but I should have known. I don't know. Yeah. Like she, she called me to the office and was like, so I noticed you didn't sign up. And I guess because I had taken accelerated classes all through then that like, I guess in their minds, the next step is AP. But I was yeah. like, well, no, I don't really want to. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, you really need to. You really need to. You know, I let that white woman talk me into it. I did. Yeah. I, I, I like, wasn't as woke as I am now. Yeah. If I feel like if I ever wanted to do education, I'd want to be a college counselor because, you know, I'm aggressive like that. <laughs> I'm like, I want to make sure that you do well in college. Like, I would be like harassing kids. They're like in ninth grade. I'm like, have you taken an ACT yet? 
because I hey. took it in eighth, ninth grade. Hey, but. that's what that's what they need for real. Yeah. Okay. Nevertheless, so moving along, <laughs> hop I, off of that soapbox. <laughs> I also want to take just a moment to only because I felt like it was right to give a little Game of Thrones spiel. I'm gonna be very honest. I am shooting from the hip and I I am kind of all over the place about this whole season, how things ended. I I find myself going back and forth. <laughs> so I am not upset with how things ended as far as major plot points. Major plot points that happened along the way I am okay with some of them I am actually very happy with mainly my issue is the way we got there because this season as well as last season was very rushed and it was almost as if Benioff and Wise who are the showrunners it's almost as if they were like well here damn you know and I do know that they HBO wanted the show to go on for a few more seasons. Benioff and Wise were done. They wanted to be done. And I get that because a show of this caliber, a show that has really set the standard the way Game of Thrones has, requires so much of your time and effort that they couldn't work on other things they wanted to work on. I get all of that. I find myself being hurt and disappointed because I feel like the show neglected those of or didn't take into consideration those of us who've been here for so long and who love these characters who love this story the show never the show never really made a big deal of the fantasy element which is an important part of the story for some of us and it means so much to some of us. And then I find myself being real defensive when other people are attacking the show and saying, oh, this season sucks, and this sucks, and this sucks. And I'm like, no, these people worked very hard, and we're not going to do that. So I just find myself being torn. I really don't know how to feel. Like I said, the short of it is major plot points, the way things ended and happened for certain characters and certain stories I am more than fine with happy with some of it even it's just the way they took us there that I didn't care for and I am somewhat disappointed I do want to say that the best part of Game of Thrones is just the camaraderie I am going to miss I'm going to miss taking this journey with so many people even before I was a part of a Game of Thrones group chat, even just sitting on Twitter. And it's like, it's like we were all sitting there watching together. And we've talked about having those moments before with Twitter. Like when we talked about watching the fire document, it was almost as if we all sent a text to everybody. It's like, let's all watch the fire documentaries on the same night. Same thing with Game of Thrones. We're all there. We're all watching. We're all have sharing in this experience. And it's the best way to share because I personally don't like people to talk to me when I'm watching a show that I'm really interested in. So I get to decide how much I want to participate and interact. I'm going to miss that. 
And that's all I've got to say is that this was just, um, this was a show that played such a huge part in a lot of our lives and for a lot of different reasons. You have people who were casual watchers. You have people who were invested in the show. You have people who were invested in the story. And I just wish that the show would have taken a little more consideration to that. I did decide that I am going to finish reading the books because I never, I'm going to finish the books that are finished because, you know, the series isn't finished yet. But of the books that are finished, I am going to finish them. I've only read like halfway through book three, but I'm going to go back and finish reading the ones that are out and maybe, hopefully, George R.R., in the meantime, we'll finish up the remaining two books. If I'm not mistaken, Winds of Winter is done. Like, he just hasn't published it. Why? I don't know. But at any rate, that's all I wanted to say. Um, And I'll miss talking to you guys about Game of Thrones. And don't worry, I'll find another show to talk to you guys about. The end. Yay. <laughs> It's a really sad time. Like, it's really, yeah, it's really sad. I too am sad because Big Bang Theory is over. <laughs> well, let me ask and you And Jane the Virgin you, is about to end. <laughs> with Big Bang, were you satisfied with the ending? I haven't watched it yet because I'm not ready for it to end, but it were was, you satisfied? It was a really good ending, but I hated that it ended at that. I wanted to see a little bit more. Yeah. That's all. Okay. okay. I still haven't watched the final episode. I still haven't watched the final season of Monk. I um, <laughs> Because I didn't want it to end. Not Monk, but Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I'm just like, mm, we're just not going to end that. <laughs> I have not I have not started the final season of Kimmy Schmidt because yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to be done away with Titus. I'm sorry. But meanwhile, Grey's Anatomy keeps going and going and going. <laughs> I'm tired. Y'all, I was a Grace fan. This season is the first season that I did not watch Grace, and it's only because I had just tapped out. I had just tapped, and I felt so bad. I really tapped out about three seasons ago, but I was um, like, "Look, I've when, been here from the beginning, so I'm gonna try to see it all the way through." But spoiler alert: when um Meredith's husband died, that's when I stopped mm-hmm. watching it. Plus, Listen. I really couldn't watch like three Shonda shows in a row. So I, I, it was stressful. I it just stressed me out. Yeah, I prioritize yes. scandal, and I've never so go back to watching. You know, you're right. It was stressful, <laughs> but that was one thing that I loved about Grace was I know I was gonna get a good cry. Like I was gonna get a good cry every episode. So <laughs> that was one would. thing that. I, <laughs> sometimes, Dorian, you need to get them toxins out of your body. You need to get the toxins out of your body. I don't cry that much at, like, TV and movies. Oh, my God. Do you not? No, it'll just hurt my feelings, but I gotta, I keep it inside. So, <laughs> I don't cry oh, that much. Oh, no. 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 I let, the, I let the tears flow. I let them flow. So, moving along to our actual poor life decision. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we're going to talk about getting over a breakup. <laughs> Now, both articles that we review today focus on romantic relationships, but 
I am specifically talking about any type of breakup because the worst heartbreak I ever had was when I lost a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. So I just want to focus on all breakups. So first we're going to look at the best way science says you should get over a breakup, which, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so the the author starts off by saying the aftermath of a breakup can be devastating. Most people emerge from it intact, but research has shown that the end of a romantic relationship can lead to insomnia, intrusive thoughts, even reduced immune function. While in the throes of a breakup, even the most motivated people can have a difficult time determining how to best get on with their lives. So, scientists decided, you know what? Breakup problems are a real thing. So, we're going to do a little experiment And we're going to gather a group of people. I think it was a group of 24 between the ages of 20 and 37. Mm -hmm. They've all been involved in long-term relationships of at least like two and a half years. And we're going to do a little experiment on them. (laughs) So they came up with these different strategies to see which ones work the best. But wait, hold on. So I'm in a relationship for two and a half years. If we break up, somebody has to die. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Like, well, <laughs> like that's that's tough. Like two and a half years, I'm thirty plus. <laughs> two and a half years is tough. It Ooh. is, and it's like it's the longest relationship I've ever had. So let's start oh. there. <laughs> let's see. Have I ever? I don't think I ever made two and a half years. I especially I nonstop. I came really yes, not nonstop. Now I've done way longer than that off and on. Yeah. <laughs> I came really close to making two years. And I will tell you when that relationship ended, that's what pissed me off the most is that damn it, I almost made two years with the same <laughs> nigga. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> the first strategy was to negatively reappraise their ex. That's my favorite. <laughs> so people were asked to just think of like all the negative things about your ex especially things that are like really annoying or things that like really got under your skin while you were with them (laughs) and the idea behind it is if you think about that person's negative traits then the blow will be softened you know the breakup blow will be softened so like my past breakup before this relationship I think he was going through things on his own, so he kind of, like, broke up on with me because, like, he had, like, lost his job and all this other stuff. And so I feel like he didn't feel like he could provide, and so he broke up with me. So, of course, I went with this one because I was like, this nigga ain't shit. <laughs> you know, he's kind of <laughs> sloppy, like, you know, like, because I'm like, it was like, you know, at this, well, not this age, but a couple years ago, I was like, this is like a blow to my self-esteem. Like, listen, I let you have me. <laughs> and then you oh, <laughs> that you <laughs> You thought you could break up with me? That's not how this happened. <laughs> like, I am always like, Nick, do you realize I chose you? Like, right. out of all the niggas of all the land. Right. I chose you, and this is what you try to do? And I probably hadn't been <sighs> broken up with since, like, high school <laughs> so like as an adult listen. I'm like you gonna break up with me what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> listen I experienced my very first breakup as far as someone breaking up with me as an adult and it was difficult because 
<laughs> I want to say, like, come on now. I spent I spent all of my teenage years making sure I was the one to break away first mm. so that I didn't get hurt. <laughs> and then I decided to let my guard down with you. And this is what the fuck you do? Oh, no, you got to die. Right. I get it, doing it. I get it. I get it. I get where you're coming die. from. Die. <laughs> you got to die. <laughs> so <clears throat> moving on, the second strategy was called the love reappraisal, which is where you're supposed to, like, say these positive affirmations to yourself and you're supposed to reassure yourself that it's okay to love someone you're no longer with. And yeah, mm. <laughs> it's supposed to, it's supposed to let you know that, hey, with your feeling, it's fine. And you can feel that way without any judgment. To, well, I will say I was kind of like that with my first love. But because we were, we did a lot of on and off. But I didn't really give myself the space to continue to love them. I'm just like, start that love. <laughs> you know, like, I get it. You love him. And, you know, he can show up. But I'm like, start that love. All you got to do is just not feed it. Go talk to him. Starve it. <laughs> Doyen is so logical, which is why I wanted to do, like, because in looking for articles, there were mm-hmm. so many choices. But when I saw the one that said science, I was like, yes, this is for Doyen. This is science-based. <laughs> I like science. <laughs> so the third strategy was distraction. And I think this is the one that I go to the most. Mm-hmm. So it was like, think of positive things unrelated to the act. Now, the examples that they gave are not examples I can use because <laughs> <laughs> when I break up with someone, everything reminds me of them. So I, those don't create distractions for me. They were like, think about, oh, your favorite food or TV show. And I'm like, no, those are things that make me think of that nigga. But it uh, helps me to get distracted by just throwing myself into something else so that I get distracted. I did have an ex probably two exes ago when my metabolism was better. Where I just ate a lot of Domino's pizza to get over him. <laughs> We're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that. So the fourth strategy was the control one in which they didn't tell you to think about anything. Yeah. So <clears throat> our research showed. <laughs> Their research that... showed. <laughs> you right. didn't do that. <laughs> I did not. I did not. I, I would have failed greatly. <laughs> So, oh, and one thing I do want to say. So the way they test the strategies was showing random pictures of the ex to the person, which I liked because they talked about how this ties into social media. And I think that, so I haven't had a real bad breakup. Uh, That's a lie. I have had a bad breakup since social media has been heavy, but I didn't. He was only on Facebook and I really wasn't into Facebook. So that didn't matter that much. But I haven't had a real bad breakup with someone who is on the same social media platforms that I'm on. Let but me, I can just imagine. Cause let even, me cause tell I, you about social media. I can't imagine. So the day around when me and my first love broke up was when Facebook decided to publicize when relationships end on Facebook. So oh my God. in addition to me like suffering from the pain Facebook of the breakup, my friends are like, oh I saw y'all broke up. And I'm like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook fuck? is a snitching <laughs> ass bitch. <laughs> 
social media is funny. Um, yeah, so carry on. Like, I'm friends with several of my exes on Instagram, a couple on Twitter, and it's okay because I'm pretty much cool with them. One ex in particular, what I appreciate is that he mostly just posts memes anyway, Mm -hmm. so I don't have to see your great life in my face because (laughs) that's where I couldn't handle it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not on Facebook that often because... I don't want to see what, anyway. So I'm not on Facebook that often, Mm -hmm. but when I am, like, there are a couple of exes, and you always see them, like, I don't know, like, fuck, I don't want to see your wife and your children and your great new job and your brand new car. I want to see that shit, you know? And so I'm thankful that I don't really see that on Instagram or Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then I'm able to still remain friends with you because I don't see your great life. And actually, my life looks a lot better than yours on Instagram, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess being a cancer, I had to mentally separate. And so for most of my exes, I'm not friends with them. I don't really like them. We're just not friends. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I'm fine with that. I don't really desire to be friends with them. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think part of it is, yeah, my biggest, my biggest easiest strategy is to not like them. That first strategy. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and so, sometimes it's the first and third strategy. So not like them and also eat Domino's pizza, whichever way. <laughs> but also like that one, he actually blocked me on every okay. social media. <laughs> well, let's just clarify that the third strategy is not to eat your favorite foods, but to think about Why your would favorite. I think about food and not eat it? <laughs> I don't weird. know. I don't know, but I just want to clarify that the strategy is to think about. <laughs> so anyway, the researchers show pictures of the axes, and then they use like those electrodes that they put on your scalp, and they do an EEG, and they read your emotional responses to the pictures. So, according to the EEG readings, all three strategies worked really well. Remember, the fourth strategy is basically a Mm non-strategy. All three worked, you know, they showed significant decrease in people's emotional responses. However, (laughs) only people who looked at their lover in a negative light, that was that first strategy, also had a decrease in feelings of love toward that person. (laughs) But those people also experienced being in a worse mood than when they started. So I'm in a great mood as long as I don't have to see those niggas. (laughs) (laughs) Distraction, on the other hand, which, remember, we're supposed to think about our favorite foods, not eat them. Distraction, on the other hand, made people feel better overall, but it didn't have much of an effect on how much they loved that person or how much they still felt like they were in love with that person. And one of the co-authors, I can't pronounce her last name, so I'm just going to call her Sandra because that's her first name. (laughs) Sandra said, (laughs) say it again. Langa Slay. It's Langa probably Slag. wrong, but anyways, I'm sorry, Sandra. Okay, Sandra. <laughs> Sandra says that distraction is a form of avoidance, 
which has been shown to reduce the recovery from a breakup. You know, we Listen. love some avoidance. Queen of avoidance! <laughs> Airport like this is we be avoiding shit like shit. <laughs> like shit. Stop avoiding shit. <laughs> the love reappraisal, which is the one where you're just supposed to say, it's okay to love someone who I'm no longer with. That one really didn't show much of an effect either way. Mm-hmm. It did dull the emotional response of the photo, but it didn't really show much of an effect. Yeah. So, <clears throat> to get over breakup, heartbroken people change their way of thinking, which takes time. And basically, black men naked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, even if it's like you just block them for now while you still feel like you love them, and then like maybe three years from now you unblock them you'll be fine <laughs> well so the one that Doyen liked the best the first one was thinking negatively negatively of that person yes. actually was the one that came out on top they said writing a list of as many negative things about your ex as you can think of do it once per day until you feel better <laughs> maybe the most effective way to get over them even though this ex go ahead I was going to say, uh, I think one thing I did when I was mad at one of my exes was I made a list of what I wanted in my next relationship. And okay. so, I mean, yes, I was mad. So that partially really energized me to set my standards high and be like, I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't need this. But I do feel like it really helped me to you know, hash out what I didn't like in the relationship or what I settled for and not settle for it in the future. Okay. Well, that seems to be the strategy that works the best. And I like that positive spin that you put on it. Instead of just thinking, I hate that nigga, I hate that nigga, I hate that nigga. You put that into a real positive motion. So that's the one that works the best. And they say that even though that exercise tends to make people feel worse, like immediately, mm-hmm. that effect goes away. Mm-hmm. And her research found that the negative reappraisal also decreased infatuation mm-hmm. and the attachment to the ex. So it'll make you feel better in the long run. The healthy cackle when they're in your grocery store looking fat as fuck. <laughs> And raggedy. (laughs) So the next thing I wanted to do was just quickly go over the ways that a relationship expert says that you should get over a breakup. (laughs) And it's funny because really, what qualifications do you have to have to be a relationship expert? (laughs) Um, Steve Harvey is a relationship expert. (laughs) <laughs> Why you look at me like that? I'm just saying I was quantifying your quote. <laughs> Listen, anybody who tells you to think like a man or tells you to count the days until you can have sex with somebody, trash. <laughs> and the word of Jasmine Mathers, just as I thought, trash. <laughs> I really love... Do you watch Drag Race? You've got to watch Drag Race. No. 
Oh, Doyen, you don't know. You're missing out. Miss mm. Fanji. Miss Fanji. You're missing out. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot where I was going. Okay, so I do want to just say that this one comes from the perspective of a relationship ex- expert. So this is not science. <laughs> but I think we'll relate to a lot of these. Okay. So, the first thing she says is to dive headfirst into self-care. In the days and weeks following a breakup, it is more important than ever to practice self-care and self-compassion. Sure. So, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I just was like... (laughs) So, her her ideas of self-care include getting plenty of sleep, which when I go through a breakup and not just any breakup, like it has to be someone I loved because I break up and I'm like, deuce, you good? We good? Okay. Um, let's go out to eat next week. Like most of the time it doesn't really bother me, but when I'm in love and I break up, I am either in a state where all I can do is sleep or I can't sleep at all. So she's saying, you know, you want to get that good, healthy seven to eight hours of sleep a night. And I mean, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I prefer a good thirteen hours of sleep, but you know. <laughs> don't give me. Don't dr- let me drag you about sleep today. Uh, <laughs> what? What did I do? I have not. I did not sleep thirteen hours. I what was it Friday night? You were like, "Oh, I'm gonna go oh. to sleep so early because I gotta get my hair done in the morning." Two o'clock in the morning. Uh, I think y'all thought that I was asleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I was in bed though. Hmm. I was in bed. That's not the same as sleeping. But anyway, I tried to be asleep. I mean, anyway. No okay. <laughs> so she says, get plenty of sleep. Start a gratitude journal. Now listen, I, I ain't trying to be thankful for this nigga at the time. I have definitely journaled through some rough patches in relationships, but a gratitude journal. It's just not easy for me at that time. It, just in general, like at any point in my life, people are like. Talk about stuff you're grateful for. I'm like, no, because I'm sad. And I'm just going to be sad. And you're not going to force me not to be sad. (laughs) (laughs) Right. right. Like, damn. (laughs) Right. So I I struggle. I'm very stubborn about the gratitude journal. But I understand what they're trying to say. Um, The next part of her self-care, pay attention. Dabbit Clean. Eat clean. And when I read this, I thought, now she out of her rabbit ass mind. Because you know good and goddamn well. Listen, when I am when I'm going through any type of a blue period, be it a breakup or I'm just in a funk, I want all the mac and cheese Carbs. I can handle. Okay. <laughs> I want all of the cream based soups there are, okay? I love a loaded potato soup from Tellini's and I like to dip my baguette into the soup. <laughs> And it's like, what are you talking about? Who wants to sit in bed watching Netflix, crying over nigga, eating veggies and fatty fish? I'm just telling you. Veggies and salmon. Who wants to do that? Friday, I was in a horrible mood. And um, basically, my job has like this pop-up restaurant that shows up in the lobby. I got fried rice. I took a bite of the chicken fried rice and I felt my spirits lift like I felt my brain See? generating serotonin <laughs> like I'm like that 
That is the spirit of the ancestors. <laughs> like, Nourishing I, your body with that rice. Okay. Because rice is a lot of carbs, so I've been trying not to eat it, but I ate it. And I was just like, I felt my spirit lifting. Like, I really felt like my mood clearing up. So, listen. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how this works in other households, but I know in my household, I was such. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. I'm such a moody child. And <laughs> anytime that, it, and it was very difficult for my granny in particular because she wasn't used to dealing with, you know, moody kids. She was used to kids doing what she told them to do and that's it. Mm. And like, <laughs> I would be crying and she'd be like, What the hell are you crying for now? And I'd be like, I'm just crying. Can I cry? <laughs> But anyway, anytime, anytime I would be like in a bad mood or something, she, she just be like, come on here and, and eat, come and eat. Let me fix you something to eat. Like that is her solution to everything. Even, even when I first started gaining weight and it really hurt my feelings that someone called me fat. Well, so they didn't call me fat, but they allude to the fact that I had gotten fat and it really hurt my feelings mm. and I told her about it and she was like oh you know don't worry about them and she was like you know people look at you you're amazing you're gorgeous you're intelligent they've been waiting on something to say about you and now they can say oh you've gained a little weight you can always lose weight they can't do anything about their face you know <laughs> you that, that I, and I'm not lying that's exactly what she said she's like they can't do anything about their face. You can always lose weight. It's okay. Don't let them get you down. Come on in the kitchen. I'm going to fix you something to eat. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm literally crying about somebody calling me fat. <laughs> and she is. Her speech with, come on in the kitchen. I'm going to fix you something to eat. I've got, I, I'll, I will never forget because it just stuck in my brain. So I'll never forget. She was like, and I got some of that bluebell homemade peach ice cream. <laughs> first of all, I hate homemade ice cream but she was like I've got some bluebell homemade peach ice cream so just come on in the kitchen let me fix you something to eat and I mean that's what we do for comfort yeah. and while that may not be the healthiest thing I love that about us I love that about my family and I find myself doing the same thing like when my friend went through a really bad breakup I was like well girl just come over and I'm gonna cook <laughs> And I'm going to buy lots of wine and I'm going to feed you and get you drunk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I haven't been as happy as I've been since I ate that rice Friday. <laughs> See? I just, See? I think also culturally, like, rice is just my love language. I love rice. It's just a lot of carbs. <laughs> rice is such a staple. And growing up, rice was one of the only sides I would eat. I mean, and I still now, like, if I can't think of anything else to eat, I'll just make some rice. But see, and I like rice in all of the forms, I, all of the forms. I, I guess for me, culturally, rice is not a side. Rice is the meal. <laughs> like, yes. We added, like, stew, like, jollof rice is a meal. So, like, I gave my friends, like, I made jollof rice. I gave it to them. And they were telling me all these sides they added to it. And I was like, no, nigga, please don't talk to me about what you added to the rice because again the rice is the meal <laughs> that is that is just black people because like for me if i have a stew or if i have say maybe um gumbo or if i have jambalaya that's a meal to me rice can be a meal to me but black people know granny is like okay what kind of meat you had well the meat is in the stew right 
No. What kind of, you what kind, you gotta have some meat, you got some fat Granny makes a very color coded plate. So she's always like, You gotta have a yellow, you gotta have a green, you gotta have and I'm like, No, it's all it that's the meal. She's like, Oh no, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so Doyen, I'm sorry. To be fair. But you can make me y'all off and I will eat it. Right as a meal. I handed it to a white friend and a black friend and they both were like, oh, we added all this. I'm like, no. Joe <laughs> Price is the meal. What are you talking about? <laughs> but, okay, so Zoyan, I'm going to, I'm I'm going to prompt you. I know this is a little bit off topic, but I don't care. I'm going to prompt you with an age-old question. Who has the best Jollof rice? Nigerians. Nigerians? <laughs> are you sure? Was that a question? It's a question. Nigerians. <laughs> in fact, I I went to school with a uh well she was born in America but her mom was from Ghana and that was the first time I had jollof was from. <laughs> Why did you lean in? Because <laughs> I need you to know. <laughs> that was the that was the first time that I actually had some and it was good. And it's okay. I'm just Your saying. Your first time isn't always the best time. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, like, I, I had bought this ticket from, like, I think last December. It was, like, a Jollof Fest. But I had to go to Houston this weekend. So I was like, do I want to go to this Jollof Fest? And I reread the Eventbrite details. And they're like, yeah, it's a competition between all the countries. I'm like, doesn't even matter because Nigeria is the best. So I'm just going to go ahead and go down to Houston. <laughs> I will say that I had your mom's, I think it was, I think it was Ranke's birthday, maybe? Probably the 21st. <laughs> I think it was her birthday. Mm-hmm. And it was very good. This guy gave me that look. Like... <laughs> it was It was very good. Okay. And I'm just saying, I just always wonder who makes the best. My mom. <laughs> Of, the of, of I'm sure your mom's is the best. I mean, who makes the best of different countries? I mean, everyone uh, always says their country. But... <laughs> okay, so anyway, back to the topic at hand. She says to eat clean because when we eat foods that are high in sugar and fat, it releases cortisol, which amplifies the negative effects of the breakup stress. Moving on. She also says as a part of the self-care is to get outside and get moving. And that really, that actually really does help. It's just really hard to do. It's really hard to do. I, my bed is like, my bed likes to wrap its arms around me and rock me slow and tell me everything's going to be okay. And it's hard for me to get out of that embrace. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the second piece of advice from the relationship expert is to connect with people. And this is so very true. So a little known fact, my first time going to Black Beach, which we don't have that anymore, I don't think. Actually, this was the first, this was the first year that they had Black Beach. I was going through a bad breakup. And a good friend of mine, homegirl of mine, who was at a different school altogether, was like, oh, you going to Black Beach. I'm getting you out. You're going to have some fun. And guess what? Showing my titties did the trick. I felt better about the breakup. It did the trick. Getting out of the house, getting with people, connecting with people, doing something other than sitting there and stewing 
in your own misery definitely helps. Why are you making that face? Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. So, you never got to experience Black Beach, did you? No. Is that like Freaknik was... every day? Well, well, Freaknik... <laughs> okay, so you just gonna call my age out? <laughs> Freaknik freak is the Freaknik of my day. <laughs> oh. I got to go to the... It wasn't the last one, but it was the last good Freaknik. I, I think Freaknik went on for about two more years after that, but it was awful then. But I was in high school, so I it wasn't um college, and I told a lot of lies to get there, but I got there, and I enjoyed it, and it was the time of my life. And I went to Black Beach, but I think by the time you probably came to college, I think Black Beach was over, too. Mm-hmm. Good old days. I am so glad social media did not exist during that time. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, um, I guess for <laughs> connecting with people, of course, there is always people there for me, so I think... Like I said, channeling back to my previous breakup, again, it just really threw me off because I'm the breaker-upper, and so for him to break up with me, especially when right. he was undeserving of me, kind of pissed me off. But, um, literally, I went to work the next day, and I was kind of like, you know, I show all my emotions on my face. So I was kind of looking sad in our, like, Monday morning status meeting, and... I remember, you know, like, one of my friends, like, one of my coworkers asked me what's wrong, and I was like, well, yeah, my boyfriend broke up with me, you know, like, immediately, like, you could see it in my face, but um, I just feel like, especially my, my best friend, my work, she's my work bestie, but she's really my real-life bestie, I call her my white bestie, but anyways, um, <laughs> like, she was really there for me, even in that time, because, like, he was supposed to be, like, my plus one to her wedding, and she kind of just like worked with me through all of that but she she's so dope i love her (laughs) it's always good to have someone you know who can see past whatever type of mask you're trying to wear or who will do things like that for you because we all know that i like to sit in the house and wallow Mm -hmm. and the greatest thing about (laughs) the greatest thing about connecting with other people when you're going through those times like i said that was a friend that was like no you're coming with me even now when i get in those spells my cousins like they may give me a weekend to sit in the house and do what i want to do but they will show up at my door like no bitch you coming out so that's always i feel like (laughs) most of your friends are like we're not gonna take your excuses for an answer (laughs) all of my friends are like that so the third step that the relationship expert gives us is to while yes you do want to connect with people but that third step embrace that alone time so take the time to sit alone (laughs) and process that's my favorite and think about it (laughs) it's i mean because you know you know what go out with your friends, do something productive. A side note, going out for drinks is productive to me. Do something productive, hang out with your friends, then come back home and be alone and roll around in the floor and cry. Like, do what you need to do. Embrace that time to do what you need to do. But you can't... I feel like some people are afraid to be alone. Don't be afraid to be alone. So even now, like, and you know this about me, like, 
sometimes I go out, I'll go to a bar, I'll eat. And it's because like, I want to be around people. I don't have to talk to people. And I go home and I'm by my damn self. <laughs> and I'm yeah. perfectly fine. Yeah. It's funny because yeah. Friday, uh, I went out with a group of coworkers and we went out to eat. So one of my friends was like, hey, you want to hang out after this? I'm like, absolutely not. And so <laughs> I went to some stores and I came home and she sent me like an Instagram picture of her in a sheet mask. And I sent her a picture of me in a sheet mask back because that was all I needed was just to be at home by okay. myself. <laughs> okay. But yeah, like, I mean, yeah. So sheet masks are very important and very, um, you know, fun to do as a 30 plus person when our skin has just decided to freak the fuck out for no apparent reason. <laughs> also, using a sheet mask makes me feel like I'm doing something right. about life. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still watching the same ass show that I watched 47 times, but I have a sheet mask on, so maybe but I'm now I have skin. a sheet mask on. Okay. Okay. And another part to that embracing alone time is. Embrace time with just you, as in you don't have to jump into another relationship right away. So be okay with being with you. I personally like me. <laughs> and the fourth step is to take time to fill your emotions. And I think we all know I'm the best at that. <laughs> just take time to fill your emotions. Don't deny yourself. Don't just take time to f- take what it is, feel it, sit in it. You don't want to wallow in it for too long because you don't want to get stuck there. But acknowledge it, sit in it, give yourself a time limit, and then move on. Like, I I get this from a really good friend of mine. I used to literally schedule a pity party, and I would decide what all I'm going to do for this pity party, which normally consisted of a bath, some Mary J. Blige playing in the background, some candles, some wine one time i had one time i had a i don't want to eat dominoes while i'm sitting in the tub (laughs) one time i had a picture of margaritas i just made a whole picture i brought the whole picture to the bathroom i had a glass i was in the tub i had my candles i had my music playing i almost died Because I had all the, I had my door closed to my room and my bedroom door. It is hot as fucking here. I'm drinking all these margaritas. I don't like, I. I'm, I'm I had to crawl. I had to crawl out of the tub and just like, like thank God no one else was home because I mean I had a roommate at this time. Thank God no one else was home because I just crawled out of the tub and like. My 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 bathroom was in my room, but then I opened my room door and just laid on the carpet and just like let the air just hit me because <laughs> I was about to die. And then I had those candles going. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, judgment. So much judgment. <laughs> it was listen. It was a part. It was a pity party gone wrong. <laughs> and. The fifth and most crucial part is don't let social media mess with your progress. Block that nigga. Yes! <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with blocking, unfollowing, nothing wrong with that. Please do. Like, if it, if you, and you know, you know whether you can be friends with this person. Like, don't justify it. Like, oh, I can, I'm gonna be okay if you're really not gonna be okay. 
I think like, even I, just I know just to start, just to begin, like this. Like I said, my previous sex, we were supposed to be friends. It was supposed to be more of a cordial, but I'm like, I'm not trying to see you on a regular, so I unfollowed him. <laughs> it is exactly. okay, but also it is okay. Block that nigga. It is okay. <laughs> so we will definitely have both articles posted for you. And just remember the main takeaways. Tell yourself negative things about that nigga. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Let's not be heteronormative. So block that nigga yes. or negress. <laughs> yes. Also, also, I, I just say nigga in general. So I am not because let me tell you, every time I see young MA I thought every we called time, her young ma. <laughs> That maybe what you call. <laughs> every time I see her, or every time I see Lena, well, not Lena so much. I think it's because she's in a relationship, so I don't really get that turned on by her that much. But Young Ma or Brittany Griner, when I see them, either one of them, I just go, "You have such a type. that need to be mine." <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> I know, like I'm so. <laughs> anywho, anywho, <laughs> yes, we do not. We 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 do not discriminate. Yeah. Whomever it is, okay, let him or her know that you're gonna be fine without them. Mm-hmm. If you need to tell yourself negative things about him or her, if you need to block them, do so. Don't. Don't let your breakup be a setback. Let your breakup be the introduction to something new in your life. Yeah. That's that for that. All right. So we're going (laughs) to move along to our favorite part of the pod, the buy you a drink. Chris, would you like to buy the first drink? Well, I think you can guess. Where my drink is going. And actually, so back to Game of Thrones. No, no, no. <laughs> I had one major wish when we started talking about this season coming up. All the way back to maybe season six. My only wish was for the remaining Stark children to survive and to come out in the end. And I did get that wish. So I want to buy a drink. For Arya, Sansa, Bran, and Jon Snow, aka Aegon Targaryen. I want to buy a drink for the Stark children because that was the one bright spot of the end of the show for me was that they all survived and they all are living a good life. And that's it. And once again, a drink to everyone who's been on this journey with me everyone who feels a loss it's okay guys it's gonna be okay and they're doing a spinoff so hey we'll have a whole nother show to dive into Toya who are you buying a drink for I have a drink and a prayer so um okay thinking about this poor life decision um I do want to buy a drink for my homegirls that have been there (laughs) for me yes (laughs) with these relationships let's buy a round. Yes. 
Um, love y'all. Thank you for dealing with me and my bullshit and the hardest times. Um, as far as drinks go, I mean, a prayer goes, um, for Malaysia Booker, she was a trans woman in Dallas. Um, I think about a month ago, she got beat up heavily because of a bet for like $200. And then, um, they found her dead um this past weekend and it's it's heartbreaking like because it is there's i mean they're you know they're women too like i i really am here for them just like i'm here for any natural born woman but like these are women and it just sucks that like the brutality against them yeah, and they just don't get the attention that they deserve, and yeah, so it's super heartbreaking because, like you said, the light is not shone the way it should be for all people in transgender communities, mm-hmm. and it's just really sad because this is a person, this is a life, and was it worth taking someone's life like no it wasn't yeah so yeah yeah and even in um like the whole like abortion laws a lot of people tend to forget transgender men that still are also being affected by these dumbass laws so uh just sending out lots of love to our trans community and hoping they're like hoping for better days that's all But you have <laughs> made it through another episode of Poor Life Decisions. <laughs> we love you so much for like tuning in every single week and trying to improve your life decisions <laughs> with us. With us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Zoya, tell the people how they can talk to us. We are on Twitter as PLD Pod. Um, I actually put out a post today um, about petty reasons for like not wanting to be friends with people (laughs) and I got some really great feedback and I understood every single one of them I don't know what that says about me (laughs) (laughs) except for I'm petty (laughs) Uh, we're on Instagram is poor life decision one decision because they're changing them one at a time um yes, we're definitely on etsy is for life decision and you can grab your mug where you can pour wine whiskey both um yeah <laughs> maybe water yes. i don't know we all need all of them. but <laughs> and then of course our website is for life decision.com yes please let us know what you want to hear this show is of course it is something that we're doing because we want to do, but we're also doing it for you. So let us know what topics you want to hear. Slide into our DMs. Holler at us. We talk back. Our DMs are let open. Let us know what's up. They're open. It goes down in the DM. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to a certain extent. <laughs> and I think that's all. I don't have any announcements or anything. So, you know, drink water. Call your mom. Yes. Um, yes. Go to bed. Start shopping for <laughs> Father's Day, baby. It's coming soon. Oh, shit. 
Oh, yeah, that's always hard. Okay. All right. Bye. Love you. Love you guys. Bye. Simon says, put your hands on your hips. Simon says, put your hands on your knees. Simon says, put your hands on your feet. Simon says, bust it open like a freak. Simon says, put your hands on your hips. Like a freak. Hey.